Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and today we are here on a special Saturday episode, episode 354, the cast and crew of the film Maya, all the way from Arizona. I think everybody's uh, I think everybody's in Arizona. Uh, let me just go ahead and introduce yeah. our panel. We have writer, director, extraordinaire, Paul Hemmies. Paul, how are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks for having us on. It is absolutely my pleasure. We have the actress who plays the character, Olivia, Natalie Andrews. Natalie, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Excellent. And of course, we have Maddox, Vic Rogers. Vic, how are you doing? Pretty good, thank you. Now, I don't know, are you guys, uh, are you two both in Phoenix also? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. okay, good. That, that way I just have it all in, in my head now because I, I don't I've just met you guys. So I should have asked before. And of course, I never <laughs> I, I always think I need to do this and this and this before I start the show and I never do it. And so I always start the show looking completely unprofessional, which just <laughs> takes the pressure off. Now you guys know I'm not and we can go forward. Uh, <laughs> of course, we also have returning champion to the show. Uh, the actress who played uh, India. We have Jessica Einhouse. Jessica, how are you? I'm great, Scott. How are you? Missed you? I'm doing very well. Missed you too. You were on episode 69, which was back on September 18th of 2019. Yes. So it's been uh, four years since you've been a on the few show. Four years, yeah. Now, did, uh, am I wrong? Did uh, did Vicki Sandoval do the, the makeup for the film? Yes, she did. She did, yeah. She was amazing. She did. So, yep. so I met Vicki the same day I met you at the same yes. event. Uh, yes. And then had you both on the show. I think she was on episode 64 because she had a couple right. gigs and, and couldn't make it on. So she was shortly after. And that was also the same time that was the last time I saw in person our final panelist playing the title role of Maya and returning grand champion to the show. This is her third time here, the mighty Victoria Page. Victoria Page, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. I love your headpiece. What do you call oh, that? Thank you. It's It's a hood. <laughs> my, there you go. basically this is me all of the time now so it looks very very cozy over my headphones it's confusing so, me yeah. with all this wardrobe technical <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly uh victoria your last your, well you've been on the show twice uh your first appearance was all the way back to episode nine uh october of 2018 and then episode 24 in january of 2019 so welcome back Thank you. It's been a lot longer than I realized, but yeah, I'm yeah. happy to be here. Thank you for having me and us. Yeah. When I, when I pulled that stat this afternoon, I was like, holy crap, it's really been a long time. Uh, but uh, welcome everybody to the show. Now I want to tell you the way that I have things set up is a little bit weird. So my uh, setups are two 43 inch televisions. So my camera is direct, but you guys are all like in a much bigger square. So wow. if it looks like I'm not looking at you or I probably am. <laughs> So it's just uh, a little off-putting. I haven't figured out a solution for that, uh, but I also like to be able to see all the little tiny audio bits and things that I work on. So I went with uh, larger televisions and it works great. Uh, Paul, I'll start with you because you're the uh, the writer, director. Um, I'm going to take a, a short step back in time and uh, and tell everybody how we met because this is a, a bizarre little story. Uh, I wanted to get into film composing and I thought, uh, I don't know how to meet anybody. I don't know how to get into this. So I started by just doing some internet searches and I found a little ad on MySpace. So that, <laughs> so like when the internet was in black and white um, and, and it was somebody that was looking for additional music for their film. And I thought, uh, well, I mean, this could be anywhere in the world, right? Uh, but I reached out 
and a couple of days later, I heard back from you. It was Paul, and you were looking for some additional music for your film, The Domain. And uh, we hit it off pretty quick. And I said, uh, you told me what you're looking for. And um, it was a, a piece of dance music for a club scene. Uh, and I said, okay, perfect. Give me an hour. And I got off the phone and I went, what the fuck did I just say that for? I didn't know anything <laughs> about like dance hour. music. Yeah. Who who does that? I didn't know anything about dance Stop music. Asking. So I, yeah, I jump on Amazon and I just, I'm starting to listen to sound clips. I'm like, okay, I get it. And 55 minutes later, I sent you a piece uh, that you really liked and it ended up in the film. And then you asked me to do a couple more pieces for the film. Uh, that film was called The Domain, which I am uh, very happy to be uh, a part of that uh, history. That was the very first film that I ever did music for. So thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I'm not a big dance music guy myself, so I kind of, I knew what I, I was expecting. And yeah, for, for the short turnaround time, it was a absolutely, that's when I knew I was dealing with the real deal here. You know, even if it's not his strong suit, boy, he just kind of morphed into it. Well, so. thank you. And then you asked me to make the piece longer. Uh, <laughs> you liked it so much. You wanted me to, to make it longer. I'm like, I don't know what else to do with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot of fun and then we stayed in touch you helped me connect with the uh phoenix independent filmmakers group where i ended up doing a ton of work uh through them so thank you for that uh that was a very interesting day you invited me to a 48-hour film challenge uh pre-challenge meeting where people could just get to know each other and join teams and uh it was a neat little meet and greet i didn't meet anybody and uh, <laughs> the whole time. And then at the end, when I'm waiting uh, to say goodbye to Paul, you were talking to Tamara McDaniel and I'm just politely waiting there. And she turns to me and went, you're a composer, you're with us. And the rest is history. You were you were adopted from that point forward. Yes. Very <laughs> much so. Uh, but uh, let me ask you, so you've, you've worked on a number of projects. So you're, you're not a brand new filmmaker. Where did you come up with the concept for Maya? What was the inspiration for that? Um, this was, I, I'm one of those guys that kind of writes down notes. I've got story ideas and things that I kind of keep in a, you know, a, kind of an idea book that I kind of reference. And I've always wanted to do something that was kind of um, based on like a female soul collector kind of a thing. That was the kind of the origin of it. And then there were other aspects, things that I liked about, um, uh, you know, just different philosophies about there's a thing in Maya where we talk about the um, you're born the reason babies uh, cry is because they're scared everything is new and so the only way to transfer from one from this life into the next life is to revisit that primal state of fear and that's the underlying current of it but what's actually sewed all these kind of weird loose ends together was um, a, a song by George Harrison called um, uh, beware of darkness mm. and there's a lyric in there uh, where he said beware of darkness and then in verse two or so it's like beware of Maya and that's when I kind of it all started to click because what Maya was in this context was like a Hindu uh, philosophy of um, sh uh, kind of stripping away the facade of life in order to tr in order to move to a higher plane of existence and so, oh, well, that that was the thread that sewed all these weird sort of story ideas together in that Maya was a concept, but I could also make Maya a person that becomes that kind of conduit from one thing to the other. So she became, Maya then became this female Grim Reaper. But ultimately, it was based on a song that was loosely based on Hinduism. 
I would not have guessed that. I, I love the way that you wove some some real lore into that. Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I'm one of those people that believes that there's art in everything. It's just a matter of finding what it is that might inspire you about something. Somebody told me once, the fact that I wear glasses, there's a song in that. The fact that I like clouds, there's a song in that. You know, there's there's really something that can be created by everything if you're just open enough to it. And you seem to be one of those people that whether you try to or not, you're probably going to see something in something, whatever you happen to come across or hear or look at. Um, it could be overwhelming though sometimes, right? It it can be. I don't let, I mean, I, I like that kind of creative process so that, you know, mm -hmm. things like that don't really uh, overwhelm me necessarily. I like the, sometimes things don't work and you just kind of, you know what, I'll just put it aside for now. Right. And at some point it circles back around. There's other ideas, like some scripts that I have kind of lined up possibly for next year and such things that just kind of, they wrote themselves. It just, I sat down and the whole idea, you know, came out. Mm -hmm. But other times it's kind of, you're, you got a kernel of an idea, you know, there's something there, but it's part of it. I mean, writing is a process, as they say, and learning to work through those uh, uh, elements where you're stuck um, to kind of, you know, uh, kind of ultimately create the vision that you have. You know, there's a kernel of something in there. You're just not sure what it is yet mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. you've actually gotten through that whole process. And so. Um, yeah, I tend not to get overwhelmed by any of it. It's just, it's just one step at a time. I had a, uh, about a month or so ago, a friend of mine was here, uh, in, in Vegas and we had lunch because, you know, a lot of people come through Vegas. So I probably get to see more of my friends than most people that live <laughs> out of town. And, uh, of course not sober, but, uh, you know, you take what you can get. <laughs> and, uh, she was telling me about this really weird sound that her, uh, her ice maker was making. And I said, wait a minute, what was that? And then I, next thing I know, I'm tapping out a rhythm on the table. It's like, you can't, it, that was the moment that I had this realization that it's like, you can't shut it off. It's always there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the art, and I'm sure, and I, I, I know you well enough to know that you kind of do this too, is that when that kind of kernel of inspiration comes through, you want to explore it and you want to kind of bring it up, make it into something. So there's no idea that, you know, it, it may not be today, but no idea really goes, no, I don't, I don't like that, you know, unless it's genuinely bad, which does happen occasionally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, if you know that there's value in the underlying concept, but the process, the development of that, uh, pro uh, of that idea has not come to fruition yet, then it's just a matter of working it. And it's, you've done that with your music. I do that with the, the screenwriting and such. And it's just, you know, you know, after a while, when it, whether it's a good idea or not. Yeah. Well, yeah, you flesh it out. And and uh, there's definitely some things that I've started writing where I'm like, I really like this. Now it's, I've ruined it. And you just move on to the next thing. You save it for a rainy day. You know, sometimes you might pick that up and go, all right, I, I lost the track for it before. Maybe I can find something in it today. Well, I had a I had a script that was from way back when, probably right after the domain, and this one was actually picked up as option for a while there, but it was never made. And I really liked the underlying concept of it. I won't get too much into it, but since so much time has passed, that idea I've seen that idea pop up in other films, and so okay, no, there's enough kind of you know, it's it's not as fresh an idea as it was you know ten twelve years ago when it was written. And so, but I revisited and I took a look at it and it's like, you know what, this still kicks ass. I like this little piece of it here and nobody's done this piece. So I just kind of reworked it and turned it into something else. And, you know, 
salvage the good pieces of the ideas and the stuff that has been done by other people, although terribly, I must add, um, you just jettison that and you come up with a new idea. Exactly. And that's the beauty of creativity. Uh, I, I, I want to be really careful because the film's not out there for people to see yet. So I don't want to give away too much. So my questions might seem a little bit vague uh, and I'll, I'll let you guys fill in as much as you want to or, or feel comfortable. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around and ask each of you guys um, how you got involved with the project. And one thing that I do want to say about the film is because it's 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 a horror film that's set outside at night. One of the things that I really like that you did, Paul, is is you made it very individual for each character. So there's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of personal moments that, you know, you're kind of acting out without really anybody else being involved. So I want to know how that is for you guys as actors to work without playing off of people as much as you're used to doing, uh, you know, how you, how you took that as, as a challenge or, or how you felt, uh, Natalie, let's start with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a, was a lot of fill in. I think like your imagination is your best friend as, as an actor. And if you can just sort of play by play, imagine what is coming back at you and um and and tune into that um it, it is challenging it is um very different my roots are in the theater so i i definitely this is my first feature film as well so i definitely had um some growth in the process but um but i i think um the special effects do a lot to to fill in in this film as well yeah I um I find it interesting there's there's so many differences between performing on stage and doing film but the mm -hmm. thing that makes me sad cuz I've done a couple of plays uh, both as as an actor and as an audio engineer and and mm -hmm. as a musician up here um the thing that makes me sad about theater is that nobody films it so yeah. like you you build this family and then you just have memories there's no not like a movie where you can, I can watch the domain right now. I could just say, all right, guys, thanks for the interview and just go watch the domain. Mm -hmm. You can't do that with theater. It's all. Yeah. I think that's know. part of the beauty of it too. It really is supposed to be experienced in mm -hmm. person with that, like in-person human connection. So they really are two different art forms, but um, yeah. I think the pandemic changed um, how people that there's, there is a lot of recording going on in, in the theater. Um, and, you know, there is a lot available, like there's, a, you know, some Broadway streaming, but you're right. It, it, for the most part, it's kind of like poof, you make yeah. it and it's gone. Right. I mean, it's like not everybody can make it to Broadway, but we would yeah. love to see the ability to see the shows, you know. Yeah. Uh, Vic, let's go to you next. How did you get involved and how do you how do you feel about the isolation as an actor? Um. Well, I mean, we did this, what, about I think about two and a half years ago, maybe two years ago we started this. And, um, you know, um, the audition was great as crazy because, um, of course, you know, I'm only, I don't know if you know this, but I'm only a black guy in the, in the film. I don't know if you knew this. Wait, what? Yeah, I, I know. I know. I didn't, you know, just, just, just so you know. Um, but so when I went to audition, you know, of course I've seen everybody I knew, all a lot of the black actors there already. I'm like, geez, look what's going on here, you know? And, um, um, so I'll figure that it was probably be one of us get picked or whatever, um so we did the audition and you know i got blessed to get get picked for it but um it was a great experience you know uh 
after watching the the film, you know, I didn't really realize how much time I actually was alone away from everybody else. I was like, damn, I was there was nobody else there, you know, <laughs> or how it was cut and everything. So, but it it was a, definitely a, a unique experience. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Jessica? Well, uh, I got involved. Um, I met Paul on the set of another movie called Coyote. Um, and we had really good chemistry. Uh, he put out some feelers for an actress and I came to the calling, um, hoping that I could get the part for this horror movie. I mean, everybody wants to be in a horror movie. Um, the, the writing seemed to be, you know, right down my alley. Um, and the character that I was playing is a lot like myself. So I felt pretty natural in the, in the entire process. So and that's pretty much how I got involved. Interesting. How yeah. did the, how did so much isolation feel to you while you were, while you were working? It was pretty primal. Um, there were times, I mean, we worked in the coldest of cold, um, by ourselves, um, I only knew what was on the script and what the others were, you know, trying to portray. And I tried to take the um, the way the other actors acted and just tried to base my performance off of what I thought that they would, you know, be doing in the scenes before and after. Interesting. Yeah. Victoria Page, how about you? Paul, do you want to tell this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> so I had I had worked with Paul before uh, on a man called Nereus. Um, I was living in LA. I think I'd just come back for. I think I was visiting my dad, um, and we set up a meeting, and he wanted to talk to me about this film. And he did a really beautiful job at describing um, exactly how we did the premise, you know, and where he came up with the idea. And then he told me that. Uh, let me know basically and i don't know if this is a good thing or not but he when he thought of maya uh he had envisioned me which i was very i mean very flattered because i'm like well am i evil paul i don't know <laughs> but no um <laughs> so you know we worked uh we worked together a little bit to see you know make sure that i was going to be good in the role um how i felt with the script and everything and then um we went through we went from there and uh met the cast and yeah, it was really, it was, it was a really cool experience. I should, uh, I should take a quick step back also and and talk about how you and I met because that was also uh, very weird. We had actually worked <laughs> together before we met. Uh, I had done music for a pilot that I wish to this day had been made because that would have been such a fun series. Um, but I remember, you know, I, I'm I'm working on the music and I just stopped and I just watched it a couple times, you know, without music without thinking about music and I thought this girl is really good like she she just has some essence about her that she's she's really got something and I was really and that just made me even more excited to be a part of the project which like I said unfortunately never came to fruition and then um I wanted to do oh, a sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry I wanted to do a project and I thought of you for it and so you were going to be at Phoenix Comic-Con no and um so uh, we scheduled to meet up. I couldn't find you, so we didn't meet up. And then we accidentally ended up in the same green room together. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember that. Yep. Which was kind of just serendipitous. And then uh, you ended up voicing the character of Shelley on my Sanity's Edge album, and you were also yeah. on the cover of my Mental Sauna Two album. 
Yes. So we, we've had uh, quite a few projects that we've done over the years together. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been quite a ride. Um, Paul, let me ask you, kind of flip the question on you a little bit. As the director, um, is it more difficult to try and and capture those moments with people working by themselves than than it is with people interacting? Uh, it wasn't in this case, and we kind of go back a little bit to to one on this. I had a, uh, a JC who plays Marco had helped with some casting, and uh, Danita Williams Trigg. Uh, these are people that. Um, have been in and around film for a little bit. So we were all kind of looking for the same thing. But what I really wanted was for whichever actor got these roles during these these auditions to have the essence of that character. Uh, the reason that Victoria was always kind of the inspiration for that is because I, I remembered the role that she had played in A Man Called Nereus. And she played a very kind of soft, feminine kind of... Kind of but the, as I've, uh, the little bit that I did know her at the time there was something in her eyes. She was a strong person that I thought I could kind of exploit is that, you know, uh, the, de uh, you know, the demeanor is very, you know, petite and, and uh, not necessarily intimidating, but then she could stare a hole through you. And that was, that was one of those elements that I wanted uh, with her. And that's why she was kind of the issue. I think she's chuckling there. <laughs> um, yeah, she's, she's, yeah. <laughs> and, and so all of all of the the um actors that were cast all had elements of the those characters i mean uh vic i i loved vic at his audition um and uh because his role was a little bit different than some of the others in that it had an element of silly to it but i didn't want it to become a joke i didn't want his character to be you know made fun of and he, he was able to to uniquely ride that line be, where he 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 can play it silly but it's always like he's in command of the joke he's almost in command of how much he'll allow you to kind of uh you know laugh at it so in in the movie where he's like he's got this uh bolt uh, fishing uh spear gun or something like that and it looks like a freaking toy and he's just running around. And, and as the movie goes on he's like using it for self-defense and it's just it's a serious scene but i just laugh every time i see that because he's just he's just playing a pitch perfect uh i i have seen a man called nearest great movie uh i i know i have the dvd i think i have it on digital too if i'm not mistaken uh we'll have to do a, a watch party or something one of these days on that film that'd be a lot of fun uh, it's it's interesting because you know when you when you read a script, uh, you can see something in it, but it's it's also so static. You know, it's like without knowing who you who's playing the other characters, without knowing what it's really going to look like, what your environment is. Uh, it, it can be really daunting, I think, sometimes looking at a script. So I want to ask you guys, as you you know, and, I, and I'll go around uh, in the same order, as you guys looked at the script and and thought about you know what your character might be what what was your vision of the film versus how it actually turned out uh natalie i'll put you in the in the hot seat first <laughs> wow yeah um i mean that's a big question i mean i think it's it's it was really really hard to imagine the sequence of events when we were first filming it because time is such a huge element and like the sort of like um nebulous feeling of time and how we're shifting time a lot um i think that was probably the most difficult thing to grasp like okay wait where are we when are we and like in a lot of ways 
it doesn't matter. And hopefully I'm not giving away spoilers here. No, <laughs> nothing too much, nothing too much. Okay. So okay. that I think was the hardest part to grasp. Um, but I think like when you think about it as an actor, you're like, okay, none of that really matters. I just need to play this moment right now. And like what's going on in this moment. So I think like the biggest surprise was how all of that came together and how all of that filled in. Um, and like, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's, I think that's all I have to say about that. I think that would drive me insane. I think the the idea of and and I'm not an actor. I mean, I've done a couple of gigs, but I'm I'm not an actor. So I when I think about that and I think about like uh, if if you watch the the show Lost and and they're like, okay, there's like three different timelines going on. How how as an actor and you're like, well, do what do I know in this scene? Do I you know I, I we're filming all out of order. Do I know this is going to happen? Has that already happened? Has it not happened yet? Do I need to feel it or not? I mean, there's so many things to think about. I think that I, I, I just avoid time travel as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of, I think there were a lot of questions, if I remember right, on mm -hmm. set. Like we had a lot of like clarifying questions as we were yeah. shooting each scene. Um, got, just to make it sure. We got very little actual in the way of answers. I would, I would, I would, a question back. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> the answer would, would lead to more questions. And That's it, hilarious. But that was kind of, uh, to some extent, intentional. I wanted there to be a little bit of kind of, unsettlement to it and and when you're not really sure what you're doing you know what it shows up on your face so, 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 some of the looks of confusion are legit that's not acting but i always look like i know what's going on paul always there you go always. there you go uh and i should clarify um i avoid time travel in film and in real life uh vic how about you oh man um you know when i looked at the script i always read a script no matter what the script is if i'm part of the film as just like a book so i don't look at the characters i just read it you know because if i'm trying to piece everything together after seeing it i would have never guessed how it came out like it looked you know um but as far as um oh man um as far as piecing everything together you know it's um it was just a weird concept after seeing it all together, you know? And um, the storyline, half the stuff I couldn't remember that was filmed, you know, until I seen it. I was like, yeah, we did do this. We did do this. And then I'm I'm going back over the script, trying to figure out what's coming next. And it doesn't work like that, you know? So um, it was just, it was just, it was just wild seeing it all play out. It was just wild seeing it after reading it because we went through a little, you know, shift the characters in the beginning, you know what I mean? And we all came together. Um and then we just we just formed a tight group and we was on it after that. It was it was like, you know, no stopping us. It was we was on it. It was all business. Yeah, I definitely felt a unity like um it, even from the opening scenes, I felt like there was a familiarity between the cast that that you guys really were a group of friends that were just, you know, taking a trip and uh I I really liked that because it that we shot that last for that purpose. Yeah. Oh, was, really? Okay. You know, there you go. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, you know, like shooting uh, Hans falling out of the, the building last in case he really got hurt. You got to think about that kind of stuff. 
Um, yeah, but I, and I really like that because I've seen so many movies, especially in horror movies, where the cast is just thrown together. They shoot it so fast that mm-hmm. you really feel like these people don't even know each other. Why are they together in this environment? And I did not feel that way in this film. So, so that starting right off, that that's important. I want to interrupt real quick. Mm-hmm. Don't mean to totally cut you off. Sorry. No, but sorry. I thought that everybody except me was like the whole time so that's crazy because i thought i was just kind of kept away things were like really you know far apart with filming mm-hmm. so every time we were together i was like hey guys hi hey you know what's up <laughs> so great job at the you know immediate friendships you know, or yeah. at least acting like it but no i i i love everyone um involved but that is so funny because i didn't know until right now that you guys were kept apart like that much that's crazy that is, and, and you were the most isolated, I would say, from from everybody as far as, you know, what you shot, um, because your character's appearances are very strategic. And so, uh, you know, you're not you're not part of that group. So that that must have been a little bit more challenging for you as well. But how did you how did you feel when you're, you know, you're reading the script and you're kind of picturing your character and uh, being the namesake of the film? Obviously, you have a different responsibility to your your character has a different responsibility in the film from everyone else. Uh, was that intimidating? Was it exciting? It was definitely exciting. Like, and I feel like there's, I feel like even more um, like versions popped up than I realized when I read the script of, of Maya. Um, so I, I wanted to be there even if I wasn't, even if I wasn't playing Maya, you know, just so that I could kind of see how the other, you know, the other versions were to, were to act as well so I could try to stay in you know emulate that but it was dif- it was difficult um because I was I, I did feel like it was like I was isolated but that's good because that plays into the character because she's right. not supposed to be <laughs> friends right. with them so right uh Jessica how about you well, like Vic, um, I read something like front to back um try to get a good you know feel for it. Um, filming it, um, we filmed it out of sequence, of course, like most films, you know, and trying to get the, at least elevate your acting at, at the right spots or decrease it at, at other spots just to match what the scene was before was for me um, a little difficult, you know, just trying to match what the uh, severity of the scene was or, you know, whatever scene it was. Um, I don't know. I think after that, the, the challenges were just mostly, you know, the challenges of the cold of the weather out there, the challenges of the, um, the mountains, the challenges of, you know, just trying to do the best you can and, and just different environments with different people who are all amazing. And you're just trying to all, um, match each other in that moment trying to make it play just right so for me those were i mean this is only my second like uh sort of like film so for me those were the challenges that i felt that you know that i came to understandable um paul i want to ask you as the director you know, I, I mentioned how everybody really felt like they they knew each other, that they were had been longtime friends from the very beginning. Uh, how much did you have to direct these guys into being their characters, and how much of it did you just kind of let 
let it happen? Um, for the most part, the group stuff, by the time we got to the group stuff, they had kind of built this bond and they were kind of on autopilot at that point. That was all just kind of the, 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 the built-in relationships at that stage. Um, you know, Victoria obviously had a little bit more of an isolated role, but there were scenes that she did have were with Seth and she had built up enough of a rapport with him that, um, um, they were comfortable and it all, uh, the, 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 the only wild card, the point, the point, the, the point where I really had to kind of, uh, earn my, uh, stripes as director is the scenes where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making the, the actors go through things with special effects in mind that they have no concept of what's coming vic is is probably again i picked on him the worst because i had we shot this like in my garage with a green screen or something like that and he has no idea what it means when you're looking at the script and it's like you know floating <laughs> windows and the universe is crashing and hell's behind it and it's like okay um but yeah i mean he, he a lot of faith um he put his trust in me and you know hopefully i i didn't disappoint um but yeah i mean everybody everybody really worked well and they really uh, trusted me which made my job easy excellent yeah that that definitely helps uh it's it's interesting you know you hire people to do jobs because you believe they can do them uh but you you also have to curtail them to make sure that they're at least meeting your vision of it as well as putting their own you know who they are and who they see the character as it really is it's not a director actor relationship it's really a team and I think a lot of people see the director-actor relationship as adversarial, and I don't think it needs to be. It, it shouldn't, uh, quite frankly. I mean, that, that's kind of an old-school 70s-era thing that the director needs to be kind of a tyrant, but you know, that's not really the point. It, whatever technique you use, the, the idea is really just to kind of maximize the effectiveness of the actors, allow them the space and the tools that they need to do what they need to do. Um, and I think we were able to do that, uh, despite, like I said, the, you know, a couple of scenes are like we have a, a, a bar scene where we combine like Medusa, snakes and punk rockers. Well, what the hell you do with that? But again, you kind of, you know, there's the trust and everybody starts getting into it and everybody totally understands that, OK, I'm not sure what this is, but it'll work. And we're all in, and yeah, that's that teamwork. It's like it's like in basketball, the no look pass. You you know the guy's mm-hmm. going to be there, even though you're not looking at. Him. Right. Yeah. I had a lot of homework too. I had had to watch some films and study some characters. So I don't know if we want to give away the characters yet or anything, but but oh, yeah, he get he get Starman. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't seen that, um, so, but yeah. So did- I had. Did Paul make everybody watch the Boogans as part of your uh, audition process? Because I, I have a feeling that could have happened. <laughs> uh, so I, I I hate that this has gone so fast, you know, uh, but this is what's great when you have a, a panel of great people who are very passionate about a film. Uh, you guys all did a great job. I, I mean, an absolutely fantastic job in the film. Uh, I want to go around and ask everybody. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, like I said, don't forget to send me your link so I can put those in the show notes directly. But uh, I'm going to go around and ask everybody uh, what you're up to now, where people can find you. And uh, and then uh, I want to come back to Paul and find out where 
where uh, people will be able to see the film. I know that it's still doing the festival circuit, so it's not uh, it's not on demand yet. Hopefully, it will will get there soon. Um, but uh, let's start with uh, our first position, Natalie. All right. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, right now, I am uh, working on some music. I'm a singer and a musician as well. So I'm writing some music and working on getting a solo gig off the ground. Um, I'm also a, a voice coach. I So I, I help singers. I also um, coach speakers as well. I have my own business called HeartSpark Voice. So you can look right. that up at heartsparkvoice.com or you can just find me on Instagram. It's at Natalie Meowmix. <laughs> all right <laughs> very cool i like that vic how about you um what am i working on now i got a project hopefully it'll come to come to light so i'm just waiting for the the go ahead um so we'll we'll see about that it might take me away from here for a little while but we'll see and um, um what else um on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Vic Rogers, um, TikTok, Vic Rogers, Instagram, same thing. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Well, I will keep my fingers crossed for that project to come through, uh, at least with the writer's strike now being solved. Uh, it, it seems like all of a sudden uh, deals are coming back on the table, like immediately. They were all just kind of waiting uh, so hopefully the Actors Guild will be able to settle their strike and then we can actually shoot stuff again. Um, but hopefully at least some pre-production will be going on in the meantime so that once that uh, barrier is broken, uh, we can just get right back to work, which would be uh, pretty amazing. Uh, Jessica, how about you? Well, um, nothing as great as Vic and Natalie, but um, I have been working on myself. Um, I became a Reiki master since the movie. Um, just been, you know, doing some, some healing within myself. I would love to do, um, some more, you know, films in the future or, but we'll just see where the universe takes me. So not much, but a lot at the same time. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Victoria Page, I know that you have a, an appearance coming up. Is it November? Uh, October 20th Okay. and 21st, 22nd as well, but I think some we're all going to be there i think hopefully oh, good. um yeah at the artist assemble horror fest in mesa arizona so i'm going to be showing up there and uh we're going to show the film so i'm very excited about that yep so that's what that's what i'm doing for that um uh Excellent. project wise um and uh, i worked with a production company antimity a couple of years ago during the last strike so that we could keep working and just do like independent type mm -hmm. stuff. Um, they now have a company called New Village Video. So I might be hopping into some projects throughout the year with them. Um, but I run a coven from my home now, Jessica. Um, <laughs> and we work a lot with energy. My brother is a Reiki master, so not master. He's just certified practitioner. Sorry, he's not like. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been kind of a, a couple of years of self like reflection and really working on getting in touch with just the universe and everything and growing and and learning and yeah it's been it's been nice well you know sometimes we need to take a little time away i i think if we're if we're just working constantly we tend to ignore ourselves and that mm -hmm. will catch up to us at some point so i think it's very healthy to just you know take some time whenever you need to and do what you need to do for you your your career will 
be benefiting from that as well anyway. I'm one of those people that's like, yeah, if I sleep though, I could be doing something else with that four hours of time or five hours of time. And I've learned as I've gotten older, you need to rejuvenate you. And that's not just sleep, that's eating well, that's you know mentally, physically, all of those things. Um, I usually take a break from work between two and three in the morning and I'll go for a walk. Uh, whatever it is, be aware of that. And, and I'm saying that to, to everybody. Before I forget too, I, I just want to interject one other thing. Uh, my dear friend, Dev Ross, who was the uh, first female staff writer at Disney. She's the creator of the Land Before Time series, the Darkwing Duck series. Uh, pretty amazing. Yes. Now that Sorry. she's done, <laughs> now that they solved the writer strike, uh, she is going to be making an appearance in uh, Canoga Park, um at the what is it called here you know you know you're getting old when you're like starting to look like this at your phone uh <laughs> sunday october 8th uh, 10 a.m to 5 p.m in canoga park it's only five bucks uh go see one of the uh greatest writers and sweetest people that you will ever meet you can imagine uh being one of the first or being the first female staff writer at disney uh, she knows how to navigate some waters. There's a lot mm -hmm. that uh, that she could that she could tell you. Uh, Paul, are are you guys screening the movie at this uh, event? Uh, yes, we are actually. Uh, it's Artist Assemble Horror Fest at, uh, in Phoenix, uh, the twentieth twentieth through the twenty second, something like that. Um, but we are we're screening on the Friday at seven, um, and. Uh, Victoria is obviously a, a guest um, at that event, as as is Brink Stevens, another one of our cast members. Uh, she will be there coming in from Burbank to uh, be a part of this as well. Um, mm -hmm. so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, the weekend after that, we're at a, a festival out in um, uh, San Diego, where we were nominated for a stunning 12 awards, apparently, by their... Wow. Including Best Ensemble Group. So... Um, what you got what you were saying about the actors um other people are noticing it too too everybody was really good together yeah yeah how that all goes um and then as far as distribution for the film we've begun taking uh we've sent out some screeners we're going to be sending out more and starting to take bids for it but we probably won't have that all locked in until probably um first quarter of next year and i'll be actually taking november december off for uh recovery for my health issues so we'll take a little break and then um get it all wrapped up so that hopefully it can be out and available by summer next year um yeah go from there so uh so i'll i'll take a quick sidestep and say uh we're all wishing you very well paul uh brain tumor removal surgery is i can't even imagine the uh depths and intricacies of that uh, but you're you're a tough guy, man, and uh, I have no doubt that you'll come out of this just fine. I'm not actually I'm not super worried about it. I'm looking forward to what kind of crazy ideas I have post surgery because <laughs> <laughs> going into a film. <laughs> well, there could be a, a story in in that uh, surgery in and of itself, um, or or what the tumor goes on to do after it's removed from Paul's brain. Getting into, getting into Cronenberg territory at that point. It's <laughs> not a life of its own, yeah. Well, I do know somebody who does practical effects. So if you if you need somebody to make you a brain tumor, let me know. Um, <laughs> so is is a DVD even a thing anymore? Are people negotiating for DVD release or are we pretty much looking at video on demand now? 
you're looking video on demand, you're looking at some Blu-ray, and it depends on where you're talking about. In America, it's it's 90% streaming, 10% Blu-ray. In other countries, the the paradigm shifts a little bit. Places like Mexico or some parts of Europe, Asia, still have physical media uh, as their primary. Um, and so it's it's really just region by region as you sell the film. It'll be it'll be a totally different deal. Yeah, it, it's crazy how much things have evolved. But I mean, it's uh, it's it's nice that we're we don't have the physical media as much because it's less plastic. It's you know all of that. But at the same point, it's like it's nice to have a, an item that has your your work on it and to be able to have friends come over and say, here's this project I worked on, you know, here's the DVD and, uh, and watch it. But, um, yeah, it, the, the, the world's evolved, you know, it, it has, um, I, I still fully expect we'll have some physical media, including, I do, I know a couple of companies that, um, are interested in a kind of a limited release VHS run, which I'm, wow. totally, I'm totally down with that. I'd love to awesome. you know, have my out on VHS for the hundred or so people that might want to buy them. <laughs> yeah, hundred thousand. There you go. Yeah. Everybody on, goes Bob. back to VHS. That, that's yeah. that's the tumor talking. <laughs> um, I, I I think too, yeah, I think about that. Like for me, I've always wanted to have a vinyl album. You know, I've always wanted to put one, but they're so expensive. You know, like your minimum run is three hundred. Uh shipping is what really kills you because the weight of vinyl is it, it adds up pretty quick. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go around one more time and a stack of vinyl there that I've been holding on to for 30 years. <laughs> I I'm just rebuilding my collection. I had to give it up when we left Michigan and, um, it's always been a bit of a thorn in my side. So now, um, I've been going back and buying it and sometimes it, uh, it works out and sometimes it, it doesn't work out, but <laughs> like the guy who, uh, removed a sticker and tore the album cover after I purchased it, um, Whoa. You just never know. Uh, I'll live. Um, so I'm going to go around uh, one more time and uh, just ask for your for your final thoughts on the film. Uh, I mean, not final forever, but for the podcast, uh, you're allowed to have thoughts well after we're done recording. Um, Natalie, what do you think? Uh, I I think you know. Uh, I guess I'll just give you know the audience a little piece of advice just go in with an open mind be ready you're gonna laugh and you're gonna be scared like both are gonna happen there's actually a lot of comedy in it so mm -hmm. it's like it's a really it's a it's a it's a great uh a great tone um i i think it paul did a really good job at finding it and i just want to say like i've been thinking this the entire time there is a drinking game somewhere in this film i haven't determined like, what it is yet <laughs> yep. but we're gonna find it <laughs> there's always a drinking game yeah so yeah. we're gonna find it in the next couple of viewings and we'll let you know you know, I love that you said keep an open mind because I think people tend to do this thing where they're like, oh, low budget horror, this is probably going to mm -hmm. suck. And there's there's just that connotation. It's almost like the used car salesman of movies, right? You you go in with a low expectation. But you know what? I have seen in, in recent months, uh, if you guys aren't subscribed to Tubi, but you love horror movies, Tubi is yeah. free. Go on there. There is some amazing stuff. Um, both uh, Daniel Harris from the Halloween series and Scott, uh, Scout Taylor Compton from the Rob Zombie series uh, have a, a bunch of movies on there. Uh, Ali Sheedy's got some really good movies on there. Um, there's some really, really good stuff and really low budget stuff, but really, really good. 
Um, so uh, I would recommend like you and you can actually search for actress on there, not like um, Netflix, which will give you one or two of their movies and 80 other things you didn't ask for <laughs> or Hulu, which doesn't even really allow you to search for an actor, which right, right. I don't understand that at all, because that's why a lot of people will watch a movie. Um, I get that they don't search for us composers, but for crying out loud, at least the actors, you know, uh, but, but don't, don't set a low expectation because these days with the quality of tools that we have available to us now can easily rival Hollywood uh, in a lot of ways. And I think that people are getting more intelligent with the scripts that they're writing. They're getting better in, in the acting realm. They're getting better with special effects. Definitely an, an open mind is the the most minimal thing. I, I would say even just go in optimistic and say, you know what, this is probably going to be good. Let's check it out. Well, I would I would actually argue that this is the time that you should be letting it fly when you have a limited budget. Because, you know, if you if you just make the same old crap we've seen a hundred times, that's that's where it's gonna end. Yeah. You're not gonna elevate beyond that. But if you do something that's different and even if it might not be perfect, but it kind of gets people's attention, then you start to escalate and maybe you get bigger budgets and the higher up you the food chain you go, that's where more you know hands get in the pot. So yeah. you know, at the at the indie level, you know, the 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 Tubi films that you're talking about, go for it. You know, make your films that don't make somebody else's film, make your film. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much so. And, and what don't... you did, oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Victoria. <laughs> sorry i was just gonna say what you did paul and, and nate like what you guys did with the effects with the with the budget that we had i, I think it's incredible i really think i the effects are really good um i thought that the acting was really solid like i think every one of the cast members was amazing like i was like proud of everyone I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um so and and i have to say too the second time watching the movie it was a completely different movie so definitely when you go in and you see it it's you're never gonna like completely understand everything you know there's films that you have to watch a couple times over um but yeah it does there are definitely quirky odd parts that you're like okay all right uh okay it was supposed to be it's fine that's good and then it gets a little darker as it goes on and you're like right. I kind of like, I I don't know about you guys, but I like a film I have to watch a couple of times. If I I don't want to be a one and done thing, I want it to make me think. I want it to make me have a couple questions that I want to go back and, and what was that? Okay. Now that I know this, what was that other thing? And, and have to really kind of go back and and maybe analyze it a little bit. I like things that make me think, you know, and then sometimes I just want to shut my brain off and watch the human centipede. That was okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no. oh my god because <laughs> you know scott that was always kind of part of the plan i did things with coloring if you watch it one more time there are periods where events will trigger a change in uh, color the way that the film's color graded mm-hmm. and i don't expect the general audience to pick up on that the first go around but the second or third time it's like oh wait i see what he's doing here it's like a pleasant field thing or something like that um, and so, yeah, that, that, that was always part of the kind of the calculus is like, you know, like, like I said, uh, make your movie, you know, people yeah. will either like it or they won't, but you know, they should respect it. And, uh, I, I hope that you do a commentary track because I think those are, are great things to put on there. I learned a lot from the stigmata commentary track. If you guys remember that movie from, from back in the, the early two thousands, because they would have a certain color show up on the scene before she would get attacked 
And that was kind of like a subliminal precursor that until they pointed that out, I hadn't noticed it. But once they did, I'm like, okay, that's right. And I went back and watched the film again. I'm like, they did do that. That's pretty impressive. And so that becomes kind of a, you know, I, I love learning when people do intelligent things like that in their films. Um, Vic, how about you? Final thoughts? Um, first of all, I just, I miss working with the cast. You know what I mean? I did. I think, I thought all y'all was great. Um, especially when, cause we spent a lot of time, like when everybody else was filming, we would be sitting in the woods in the dark, just talking about everything and everything. You know what I mean? Um, so it was, it was, it was, it was cool. It was like, we got to do some more stuff together. You know what I mean? Paul, let's get the right. You got to, you got to put, you know, so it doesn't have to, it can be a drama. It could be something. I mean, you know, I think we mesh really, really well, especially when we went up to the, to the, to the mountain and we all stayed at whose house do we stay at again? Whose house was that? Whose? Oh, Oh, the, the the cabin, the the cabin. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Lowe. Yeah. You know, um, it was just we it would we would just, we became a a, 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 a tight knit family, you know what I mean. So it was easy to joke around. It was easy. It was easy to, you know, just interact with each other off camera. On it was just it was it was it was good. It was it was a good. And I'm a my mom. I would say that I'm myself biggest critic. You know what I mean. I look for everything I do wrong, what I can do right, and so. But it turned out really really well, and I was. I was pleasantly surprised. For sure. You know, one thing that's always fun is to have a series of films with the same actors in different situations, playing completely different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it stretches you as an actor, especially you get comfortable working with the same people. So you probably get more comfortable taking chances and doing things that you might not do with a first time cast. Um, so I like challenge, too, Paul. From, I like it too, from a directing standpoint, you know what your actors are capable of and you know how far you can push them. That's true. <laughs> forcing them to elevate their game because you know they can do it that's an excellent point yeah i like that so uh so get ready for your reoccurring roles as completely different people (laughs) jessica how about you i got a western coming up next uh, next year so that's right yeah yeah there you go jessica uh for myself um i finally got to see the movie about two weeks ago in its entirety on the big screen at the tcl um formerly the man's chinese theater yeah um the acting was amazing the special effects just blew me away I couldn't believe you know I was like wow this is taking a long time but I can see now why how you know just really really amazing these special effects are that just put everything tied everything together and just watching it was like watching the summer with my you know with my friends again it was just like being there again with with all the actors just it was it was a great time. It really was. I really like that. I think that's the thing is that, you know, when you especially when you shoot a fast schedule, you tend to bond with people very quickly. And, you know, Natalie, you know this from doing plays and, and you guys know this from doing films is that you guys do become a family very quickly and then it's just over. And there aren't family reunions. There aren't, you know, (laughs) yeah. Over is final. It's done. That's like the hardest thing. It's like people go on to do other projects and you're like, but, but I'm not doing a project because I don't normally do that stuff. And okay, I'll be over here. (laughs) You know, it kind of sucks. Victoria, how about you? 
Um, I, I mean, I think I kind of touched on it, um, but I was, I was blown away. I, I, the acting I thought was amazing. I was so, I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. And then I knew that we were really working on um, the visual effects. Uh, when I first started, one of the first things we did, I got to go down to Burbank and work with Joe Castro, um, which was really amazing. And you'll figure, you'll see why. Um, so I knew that there was going to be kind of that element in it and different things that we were doing, but kind of like Paul touched on, it was it was difficult at the time because you didn't know exactly what the heck they were doing with these, all these weird lights. Um, but the way that it all came together, I think works very well. I was, I was very happy to see. Yeah. And congratulations on showing at the, uh, the Chinese theater. For me, that's a very special place. Um, there's just some magic that that place holds. It was the, when I moved to LA, that was the first place I did a red carpet. Um, that was the first theater in California where music had played uh, that I wrote for a film um, I got to see a couple of uh, red carpet premieres when I was there. It's uh, There's just some magic about that place. Um, so I was very excited when I saw you guys got that. Uh, how about you, Paul? Final thoughts? Uh, yeah. In addition to the, uh, the Chinese theater, which obviously it was kind of one of those highlights, uh, I also was fortunate enough to play on the Jersey Shore where I grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got family was able to show up and see it. People I haven't seen face to face and 25 years um you know the, this has been a really kind of uh, amazing experience kind of getting this film out there now and and having people kind of gather together with like even we haven't really uh been together as a group in years it was we shot right before the pandemic the world stopped and you know so now we're just now kind of reconnecting and it's a it's a it's a real blessing yeah for sure well thank you guys and, all and Scott, for... one, one, one more thing one more mm -hmm. thing i just want to say this sure and this is the kind of movie that you just can't turn it on or you can't watch it and look away because it starts like right then it's yeah. i mean you know what i mean it does it's not a it's not one of them build-up type of movies it goes like right when it you know the credits start i mean it just goes you know it's, it's that type of movie you can't walk away from it because you're going to miss something you're not going to understand something you know what i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> Is yeah. that kind of movie? Is that that's, kind of that's, movie? That's an excellent point, Vic, because you're right. And I remember thinking uh, when I was watching, I'm like, okay, we're in. Like, this is, we're, it, it's starting, <laughs> you know? And you're right. A lot of films, they'll do, I mean, sometimes like a 30 minute buildup. Right. And I'm like, I okay, like, <laughs> can something happen, please? <laughs> like, I don't want it to be the last five minutes of the film before I care. Because I, 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 I won't get there. Yeah. <laughs> It's a note to people that are going to watch the film. Go to the bathroom first. Don't don't wait until the movie starts and then happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You really yeah. will miss. Yeah. And, and know, know where your popcorn bucket is. And if you can't find your face, just let it drip down your chin. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Keep your eyes on that screen. <laughs> things, things happen fast. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, this will air on Saturday. Uh, if you would, hang on for me for just a moment. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go to these events. I'll have all the links in the show notes, everybody's links that you can uh, click on. Go to the event. Go see this movie, especially if you're in the Phoenix area. If not, drop whatever you're doing. Leave your family. Um, they're not that important as, as much as you'll enjoy this film. Go. Go see it. And uh, keep an eye out for when it's going to come on demand. Paul, keep in touch with me, and then uh, I will make announcements on the show, too, in the future when it's uh, when it's ready. And uh, thanks again, guys. Thanks for making a wonderful film for us to enjoy. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Cheers.